Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean sleigh! Ho, ho, ho! That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, Hal, we... Oh, no. Did you want me... I didn't... I was just going to go ahead and start uh, Hello. We literally sitting there going... Hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, we're going to talk like this the whole time today. doodly do. Oh, jeez. That's my new catchphrase. I'm going to put it on t-shirts. I'm going to have a doodly do scented candle. Ooh, what is the scent of a doodly do candles? Lavender and Cheetos. I'm glad you asked. Ooh. Not a terrible combo. No, it's not not bad at all. It's perfect for the bathtub if you're me. Oh, my God. So you just have one lavender candle and you're eating Cheetos? Yeah. Or you have a Cheeto-scented candle and you're eating lavender? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Probably the first one. Because I have those, um, the chopsticks that go on the back of your fingers that you can use them to pick up chips and stuff without getting your hands dirty. What? Have you seen those? No. Yeah. They go over the top of your knuckles like this. Uh Uh-huh. And you use your fingers to close them and you can grab chips and Cheetos and all sorts of food. I've eaten lo mein. Way. Oh my god! While I'm just assuming you're doing this while at your desk and literally while Sometimes. still typing, yeah. Oh my Sometimes. gosh! Speaking of ridiculous food thing, thanks to this very show and our mm. dear friend John Kovalik coming in from England and providing us with these, I bought at Geeky Tees the other day mm. what was essentially the equivalent of one of those Halloween bags of fun size candies yeah. of all of those different British candy that we had. Oh. So now I have a bowl sitting out of flakes and what else is on there? Twirls and curly whirlies and all of my delightful Cadbury treats. Full size or minis? Minis. Can yeah. I see the bowl, please, as proof? Sure. Can't like mention a bowl of candy and then not show it on camera. I was like expecting a, you're expecting like a bowl. punch bowl. No, no, no. There's not a ton that come in them, but I do have. I think there was one we didn't have. Did we have Chomp? No. No, oh, we didn't get a Chomp. Great name though. It is a great name. Think about a chomp, I'd expect it to be bigger. That's not the sound I made when I ate it. It was more like a... <laughs> they should call I don't know how you spell... How do you spell... It's yeah. T-K-M-P. T-K-M-P, T-K-M-P, T-K-M-P. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. T-K-M-P in Cincinnati. We have a bunch of holiday... We've done We're like still a doing... We've done like a straight month of clean hey. sleigh episodes, and I love it. Do you want to bring this stuff into 2024, Mark? No. I mean, yes, because I'm going to leave my Christmas tree up until Valentine's Day. Same. Yeah. Hard same. I got to water that, by the way. I just put batteries in the newest ornament that I bought, which is Snoopy. Oh, okay. Ice skating. He's in an ice skating pose, and he's got Linus's blanket in his mouth. And out from the blanket is Linus, who's holding on for dear life. And then when you press the button, he spins. So he slowly spins Linus around, and it plays Christmas time is here. Wait a minute. What is like a burrow of snow. It's Charlie Mm -hmm. Brown, and he keeps peeking out and then dropping back in, and he peeks out and he drops back in. What is this tableau implying? Or what scene is this? You remember that famous scene where Snoopy picked up Linus and swung him around over his head while Charlie Brown was hiding? I think he does bowl him over in the very beginning. 
of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Snippy has no regard for any of the children. I would not be surprised if he like had. You might not be aware of this, but mm-hmm. there's a well-known sort of Justice League trope that Batman has information on how to neutralize all the other members of the Justice League as a failsafe. So somebody uses magic to take control of Superman. We have a plan. I have a contingency plan to take all of them out if need be. Okay. I think Snoopy has the same thing for all of those kids, but not like there's no weakness. He's just like, well, maybe one day I'll want more space. I think he's doing it via nutrition because did you see that Thanksgiving dinner that he feeds those kids? Yeah. Like that is not these kids. He's going to stunt their growth and give them tooth decay and all kinds of things that are going to ruin their quality of life and frankly make them want to leave the neighborhood. Well, he's fattening them up, and we all know from fairy tales what that leads to. Snoopy's going to eat the kids. He's going to devour those children, mate. You know who he's going to have last? Who? Peppermint Patty. For his breath. (laughs) Shall we we clean the sleigh, my friend? Just for the holidays, let's go ultra dark, and then let's talk about the holidays. Ken, what is our first topic? Throw it in there. I've got it right here from Tyler Pace. What's up, Tyler? Serve dinner at the table and pass around or buffet style. I'm assuming that means uh, so serve dinner at the table, not being everybody has their own individual plate. Sit at the table, pass the plates. You all sit. All of the dishes are there and you take like you pass the corn around, you pass the meter out. So you're waiting for this chain of food to get to you. And then you dish yourself out as you feel appropriate versus everything's on the counter. I think there are pros and cons to the sitting at the table and pass around. I like the cooperative nature of it, especially if multiple people have made multiple dishes, then it's like, you know, you're, you're already beginning a conversation of, Oh, uh, aunt Linda, will you pass me the mashed potatoes? Oh, I'm glad you are about to enjoy my mashed potatoes that I made. Or are you talking about doing the, like everybody grabs one and you just, like with German efficiency, go around in a circle. I think that's what winds up happening. It's not like you take one thing. Initially, yeah. every dish has to start somewhere and you mm-hmm. hope that they're all moving in the right direction. Sometimes they cross over. Sometimes you're the person who's dishing out to a bunch of people. Sometimes you're holding for multiple people around you so they can dish because, you know, you, it's really awkward with a large dish to hold it and right. remove the food that you want. Well, what do you think are the rules of that, though? Because, like, you can get – it's like getting stuck holding the door for a bunch of people. If you're the guy that reaches out for the mashed potatoes to put it on one plate, then everybody hands you their plate and is like, oh, okay, I'd like some mashed potatoes, too. Oh, we put some on mine, too. I think you kind of have to just take the whole plate, get your portion, and pass the plate around to the left or right. Well, I think, and Teresa McElroy, who's the ultimate manners expert, would have the mm. real answer for this. This is what I would say. I would say what is correct is for a large dish, you hold it for the person to your right. They dish themselves out, then they take it, and the next, the person on their right gets food. So you do it that way. If you're going to dish out to multiple people, no mm. more than two people out on either side. At that point, yeah. it's got to move. You can't, like, when do you get your food? Yeah, it's inefficient. This is why, and you know, we've done it both ways. Also, like, you know, we hosted Thanksgiving to well last year, not mm-hmm. this year, but last year. And you know, you put stuff out on the table, and we have a pretty you you've seen our dining room table, right? You were the, mm-hmm. the dining room table was there last time you were sure. there. We we yeah. sat around it. We sat and ate hot lot. chicken there. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty large table, but very quickly you run out of real estate because everybody's got plates. They've got like a maybe a bread plate. You got a drink out. 
Yeah. So I think just for the sake of efficiency, you maybe put some smaller things, like you put your rolls out. There are some things you don't necessarily need, like gravy maybe for, for, or like some, some topping mm-hmm. that you might go back to over and over again. I think that maybe you put on the table, but I found, you know, Jennifer's family when, when we do holidays, it's so many people and mm-hmm. it's usually broken up into multiple tables is buffet is just more efficient. You get your food. It doesn't take as long. You can go back for seconds. And you're not – you don't have to – sometimes something is all the way across the table, right? And I have to interrupt my conversation and also break up somebody else's conversation to get them to pass me yeah. the food. I just think buffet is – I think you want German efficiency in giving the food out so that you can get to the communal eating and talking to one another. Well, that's my question though. You mentioned efficiency multiple times in that. I don't know that I want efficiency. At my Christmas dinner table, I like the idea that there's a little bit of chaos, that there's, you know, that conversations are stopping and starting and moments are being passed around among the table in a cacophony. But I think you're right. It depends on how many people there are. You mentioned uh, Jennifer's family, there being a lot of people there. So buffet style was really the only way to go. I would argue that The chaos is part of the holidays and chaos, I think, is one of the joys of the holidays. And it's a minimal amount of chaos, the passing around of the plates and the dishes to serve things. I think, and allow me to posit this, Mm -hmm. I think there is a threshold number. There is a line above which you do it buffet style and below which the fun of sitting around the table and passing around all the different dishes can even become a conversation starter or just it kind of keeps the blood flowing of the table. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. I would mm-hmm. posit that mm-hmm. there's no need to insert additional chaos into a holiday period where there's already <laughs> plenty of it from going shopping for things last minute to traffic to get where you want to go to who's hosting. Am I going to host? Are you going to host? Are we going to go here? Are we going to go there? I think there's enough chaos it is also like a joyful, it's fun to go hunting for gifts and stuff. I'm not saying it's yeah. all bummer. The traffic's no fun. But I think there's enough chaos without going like, hey, why don't I devise a way for us all to eat together that is the most difficult all around that I want your conversation to be broken up because I need green beans. <laughs> don't tell grandma, don't tell, don't tell your new grandchild how much you love them. I need those peas. Pass them over, grandma. This is not your moment. This is my time to eat food. But, but I was uh, just I, I was talking. I was having a lovely conversation. No. Grandma, we're done. I'm hungry. But I well, I'll, I'll, I guess I, I can. Well, my arms can't quite lift this whole dish up. Walk it over here. I'm hungry. I, I'll, okay. Well, will, so, will someone go get my walker? God, why do I have to wait so long? Jennifer and I were put in the unfortunate position of having to do Thanksgiving, just the two of us. This mm-hmm. year we had plans. They had to be altered last minute. We love to, you know, we enjoyed it. It was great, but also like would have been nice to see everybody. So we made food for two. Do you want to guess mm-hmm. how we served it? Buffet style? Pretty much. Did you the really? The first run we did. And then we brought it out to the table. But like yeah. even then, it's a long table. It's at the other end. You're getting up. You're moving around. I've found having done it both ways, I like buffet style way better. Yeah. Even the social lubricant aspect of it. If you're with a group of people where you need to ask them to pass something to start a conversation, you have larger problems. (laughs) That's a good point. I wasn't implying that you were sitting around with a bunch of people that you had nothing to say to. 
No, but it, uh, I'm just know. saying it could be, it's a little salt and pepper extra on the day, but I get where you're coming from with the buffet style. I would say it does for my family because we are the type of family that like many eat with our eyes and do want that Norman Rockwell portrait moment uh-huh. where we will lay all of the food out on yeah. the table, take the picture. And then move all of the food to the counter in a buffet line. Carve up the turkey into edible bits that everybody can pick up or whatever it is that we're eating. I do like starting the meal, though, with because I think that the you can run the risk of buffet style feeling haphazard and not communal. So I do like the idea if you are doing buffet style, once everyone gets through the buffet line, then having your grace or toast or moment, whatever the moment before the meal starts is. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of that. Sure. But if I do have that moment, I don't mind buffet style. You can do whatever you want before you all eat. But yeah. in terms of getting everybody their food, yeah, I like that. Like I have the food. Now let's do, but that's the way it's done with the in-laws. I mean, I didn't grow up doing blessings over food, but there are blessings over the food at at Jennifer's family events, which is Mm -hmm. beautiful. So you get your plate of food, you sit down, do the blessing, bing, bang, boom, you're eating. All right. You don't have to go, all right, great. You hear the tink, 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 pass me the tink, 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 tink. Like put some salt. If you need the experience, the answer is buffet. If you need the experience of passing it around though, you can put some like, Put the like gravy on the table. Pepper. Ken's saying there's also table judgment about how much you take at the table. I never pay attention to that. Yeah, I so. don't. I'm. Do you know whose plate I'm looking at? My plate. That's it. Yeah. I, Ken, I got to be honest with you. It doesn't matter where you take the food. When you come up with a big heaping plate of food, there's going to be an uncle or cousin that says, oh, eating for two? You know, that's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> the judgment will happen no matter what. Or the reverse where the reverse being if you don't take enough food, there's someone who says, oh, you don't like my green beans? Yeah. Why don't you like the green beans I made? Because they suck, grandma. Oh, I, but I, you asked for them seconds ago. Yeah. I, went, I wanted to throw them in the trash. Where are they? <laughs> you want? Well, let me go get my walker. Goodness sakes. All right. Asked and answered. It's buffet style. Vintage Sherman efficiency of a buffet. Hey, they also gave us the Christmas tree, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. What else do we have? From Cindy Whittemore. Thank you, Cindy, for for writing in. Best side dish to bring to Christmas dinner. So you are coming. I assume you are claiming this. We're not just not like a bunch of people. Like, we all made yams. Yeah. You're choosing what you're making. Uh, What do you think is the best side dish to bring? I go, if if the word bring is in there. So Uh I think it's got to be something that travels well. Right. So I would argue that the best side dish is some sort of casserole Uh that is in the pan. You can either do a disposable foil pan or your own uh, nine by 13 that you're going to bring back with you uh, at the end of the meal uh, or at the end of the festivities. I would argue that something, some sort of personal casserole, I think is the bad. Like those are the ones I always remember the most when I go to family holidays are like, uh, my, my mom's neighbor candy when we always go to their house for the holidays. Candy always makes the same casserole every year and it's always great. And it's the only time of year I ever have that. You might make great mashed potatoes. I've had mashed potatoes. You might make great uh you know a great caesar salad there's lots of great caesar salads i would argue something very specific to you that nobody else makes 
I was going to go the other way and say something that what I think is something that travels well. I think of salad because it is the it doesn't need to be reheated when you arrive where you're going. True. It's just I brought the dressing, I brought everything. We're going to throw it all in a bowl, mix it up, and then you but have it a doesn't, salad. It's not fun. I, no. I get it. It's not fun at all. I, well, you got to have a little fun. It's a holiday. Bringing a salad yeah. generally is a great idea. This is a holiday, though. And I think that there's going to be – if you're going to a family potluck or some sort of event where people are bringing food, either show up with – a casserole is going to stay warm for a while. Or there's probably going to be an oven that's going and a casserole pan is not going to take up too much real estate in the oven. You know, I think the answer to this is whatever you make best. Yeah. And it feels like a cop-out answer, but it's true. Like I will claim – I've been to potlucks where I've said I will make the dressing. Mm-hmm. I know I can make a really good dressing. We did it. We Sure. It's oh, just man. oil and vinegar and shake. <laughs> Stop. Stop. The real dressing, the proper cornbread. Dressing. You put cornbread in your salad dressing? Yeah, it's so good. It's slimy. Ooh. Uh, we have friends who do dinner around the holidays where they make a prime rib, like from scratch. It's mm-hmm. incredible. And I made the dressing one year. I was like, I'll make a big tin of it and everybody can, you know, experience this wonderful holiday magic. So whatever you make best, like bring your signature dish. That's the answer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, hold food. on though. I don't uh-huh. know that that is the answer because Why? I would again push back. I would say make your best casserole dish for size sake because you might the best thing that i make is this humongous unwieldy thing well it's a side dish so it's gonna be a casserole it's gonna be a dressing you're not gonna go uh uh, the thing i make is the giant tub of hot dogs like it's a side dish so side dish includes casserole it could be i make a great cranberry sauce i'm gonna bring that I make great mashed potatoes i'm gonna i'm still maintaining that the cat i'm still maintaining your best casserole that's fine all right. Your best dish, which your which best may, casserole, which asked and answered <laughs> your best casserole. Thank you, Cindy. All right. Cheryl Pettijohn asks Ferrero Rocher or Almond Roca? Mm, frequent, uh, frequent stocking stuffers, delicious stocking stuffers. Uh, I like a Ferrero Rocher. I like the gold. Yeah. yeah pretty fancy. Round gold, little, yeah. little cup. It's a little hay nest. Yeah. It's delightful. Bird's nest of chocolate. Beautiful. Almond Roca. The only time I think of Almond Roca was I once did a uh, a gangster scene at Second City where the gangster was obsessed with Almond Roca. And I think that was my only experience with Almond Roca, <laughs> with having it for that scene. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. It's a prop in a sketch. Yeah. But yeah, Ferrero Rocher. It's the, it's the, it's fancy. It's, you got to unwrap it like a little Christmas present. I always know the candy that's going to be in my stocking though. Yeah. What's this kind you know of candy that's going to be in your stocking? Peanut M&M's? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the candy that's frequently in my stocking is green and red M&M's in a plastic candy cane. Yep. Santa knows what I like. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Done it before. Love or it. Or the candy, the plastic candy cane. Here's a quick one just for you and I. Plastic mm-hmm. candy cane of Reese's peanut butter cups or plastic candy cane of green and red M&M's? M&M's. Yeah. More festive. More hollow. I, hate, I think I hate, of. I hate something that's wrapped being in more wrapping. Yeah. Yeah, pay attention to the environment. Yeah. Come on, M&M's Mars, or whoever makes Reese's. I think it's Reese's. Reese makes it. Reese. Pee-wee oh, Reese. Uh, Hershey's. Hershey's. Is it Hershey's? Mm-hmm. All right. I got one more before we go to break from Ivy Ponturo Kennedy. All right. Ooh, a Kennedy is asking Future us Senate. a question. When shopping for family members, send mm-hmm. each other wish lists or just wing it? You know. Ooh, that's tough. 
My mom are- always asks what I want for Christmas, and I always say, surprise me. It is our yeah. annual conversation. Or at first I say, I don't want anything. I just want to talk to you and get a card. And then she says, no, I'm going to get you something, and I say, surprise me. I would say gift recipients want to be surprised. Gift givers want to know what Absolutely. You want to make people happy. Like that is uh, the reason why I buy you a gift is I'm trying to delight you. I want something that you're going to use, that you're going to enjoy, that's going to somehow improve your life, even if it's in some small little way, like making you smile and at least having an idea of where I'm going. Cause so many people buy stuff for themselves. When you're mm-hmm. an adult, you realize, Oh, I don't have to wait. You, when you're a kid, you wait for your birthday, you wait for holidays to get whatever it is you want. You ask, you ask for Santa to bring it mm-hmm. or you ask for your parents to give it to you for your birthday. So when you are shopping for your parents as an adult mm-hmm. or other adult friends, I think it's good to know just the basic idea of stuff that they like. You at least have a shot at getting yeah. them something they haven't already bought. I would like that to be vague, though. Yeah. Because, and I know I might get pushback from you on this because I do enjoy the chaos of the holidays, (laughs) but I don't want to make everything too easy. And sometimes, like, I'm thinking about, like, an Amazon wish list, right? Uh Uh-huh. It takes me five seconds to go, what's on my brother's Amazon wish list? These things. Click, buy now, send to Gabe, done. Right? That doesn't feel like the spirit of gift giving and Christmas to me. What that feels like is a transaction. The spirit of the holiday to me is it might be a little more. And I'm I'm thinking for adults as far as gift giving, because you're absolutely right right about kids. As far as adults go for gift giving, for me, it's about I want to take the time to think about this person and what I know this person enjoys. And if I need a little prompt, get a little prompt. But if it's, if I'm close enough to a person to be buying them a gift, I know enough about them that if I've been walking, I snap pictures throughout the year of things I see in stores where I go, Oh my gosh, so-and-so would love this. Right. But if somebody puts a a gift list together, if they have an Amazon wish list, Mm -hmm. that's them saying to the world, I would really love it if somebody got this for me. I also Mm -hmm. agree that there is fun in knowing someone and sort of the stuff that they like so that you can surprise them with something. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't think that everybody who puts together – like I have stuff on a wish list. I never expect that anyone will buy it ever. I use Mm -hmm. it more just for myself. But if somebody saw one of my public wish lists and bought me something off of it, I would be surprised and delighted. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I think there's – you know, that that is – the gift recipient telling you what they want. So I think in general, some sort of wish list, whether it be specific or whether yeah. it be just sort of generalized. So you have an area. And that's the one that I like. I like a general, and this from when we were talking with Paul, where he mm-hmm. talked about having, you know, here's five genres of thing that I like for gifts. Yes. I love that idea. I like, I think the answer for this is a vague wish list. Yeah. I think wish list is the answer. You mm-hmm. prefer vague. Other people prefer specific. So that covers the gamut. Whatever sort of wish lists you put together that should be put together by the recipient, not by you going, all right, now tell me all the things. Like, right. Let them tell you like, oh, I'd love a wish list of things you would like. And then they might give you something specific. They might give you something general. Yeah. And that way they're giving you all the clues you need to get them something that they're going to enjoy. And you'll feel good for having fulfilled that for them. All right. Somehow, Hal, let's see if we can get definitive in the second half, because you have played a delightful politician for the first half of this episode. Well, it's whatever you like. It says wish list that you try to nail it down to. Yes, but only the wish list that I like. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will continue cleaning this sleigh. Who put all this stuff in our sleigh, Hal? Elves. Ugh, the worst. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Andrew Reich, the host of Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots that were sold and developed at networks and streamers but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. If you've never checked out Dead Pilot Society, this month's episode might be the place to start. The cast is incredible, headlined by the one and only Zoe Deschanel, and also featuring Paget Brewster, Michaela Watkins, Hamish Linklater, Asif Ali, and Maximum Fund's very own Hal Lublin. So go to MaximumFun.org or your favorite podcatcher and check out this incredible cast on the latest episode of Dead Pilot Society. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, try S-T-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I. Hmm. Were you trying to put the name of the podcast there? Yeah, I'm trying to spell it, but it's tricky. Let me give it a try. Okay. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, call S-T-O-P-P-P-A-D-I. Ah, it'll never fit. No, it will. Let me try. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, try S-T-O-P-P-P-D-C-O-O. Ah, we are so close. Stop podcasting yourself. A podcast from MaximumFun.org. If you need a laugh and you're on the go. All right. I got my dustpan. I got my broom. I got this new vacuum from Dyson that was on my Amazon wish list. (sighs) We're going to clean this sleigh. Come on, Dyson. Let's suck up some topics. What do we have? All right. Our next question comes from Matthew Birdsey. Does Santa use special wrapping paper? (laughs) This is a tricky one to answer. I am going to say yes. Santa uses special wrapping paper. I know the answer to this. How do you know the answer to this, Hal? Because I know Santa. You know. Wait a minute. Santa. How have I spent this long with you and not know that you know Santa? I mean, I know a lot about Santa. We haven't met. Oh, but okay. I've done a lot of work studying. Gotcha. And understanding how he does what he does. It's a lot of magic, including mm-hmm. Santa has a special magical wrapping paper mm-hmm. that to you or me may look in the workshop when everything is wrapped. It just looks gold. But yeah. something magical happens when... Santa goes down the chimney or through the window into each house and places them under the tree, which is that the wrapping paper conforms itself to whoever the recipient is. So it knows that little Dana loves baseball, so then it becomes baseball-themed wrapping paper. Ain't technology grand? It's magic. And by technology, I mean magic. Yes, magical technology. That is the answer. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. And I know a lot about Santa. Yeah. I'm impressed. It's special. It's very special. Rapidly, you know, the rest of us were given gifts. We got to go to Hallmark, but he's like, no, I have this one thing and boom, it conforms itself to whoever the recipient is. And that, that is beautiful magic and why you always feel like the paper was picked out just for you. Even if it's the funnies of the paper, some people just love that as wrapping paper. And Santa, Santa knows that Santa, you, Santa comes down your chimney and knows yeah. how Lublin is super into Foxtrot. I'm going to wrap this gift. This gold wrapping is now going to boom. Suddenly Foxtrot. And maybe it's a little green dinosaur inside that kind of looks like the main kid. That is a deep Foxtrot cut from a Foxtrotters out there. Oh, you Foxtrotters wearing your, (laughs) wearing your opaque glasses. Yeah. Where you can't see your eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. And his, and your little blonde mullets. We see you. We see you out there. You don't see us. Because no. your glasses are opaque. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Asked and answered. Yeah. Santa does have special wrapping paper. 
All right. What do you got? From Kama Lord, if Christmas and Hanukkah overlap, is it okay to give a menorah as a Christmas gift? This actually happened in my family is what it says. Really? That's happened to Kama. Not oh, that, that happened. Okay. Yes. I, and you inherent. can give anything as a Christmas gift. Yeah. Why not? If somebody is going to enjoy it, let it be a Christmas gift. Here's the question, though. If you're giving the gift to someone who celebrates Hanukkah, mm-hmm. it's a Hanukkah gift. Unless Hanukkah menorah, happened early in the season. No, no. She, and you're giving them a next year menorah. Oh, if the, two, overlap. if the two holidays overlap. Overlap, yes. Because the, the holiday is determined by the recipient, not the giver. Is that correct? Do you agree with that? Or am I mm. wrong? Yeah, I would say it's uh, – it, I. That's a tough one. I would say if they're overlapping, you're giving a menorah to someone who is Jewish. That mm-hmm. is a Hanukkah gift. If it is currently Hanukkah, yeah. Yes. Then we're talking about overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if, what if it's in Christmas wrapping paper that says Merry Christmas? Is there an – I wish we had more questions. I wish we could cross-examine the witness yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I would be questions. curious if there was a card involved. Yeah. If there was With a card involved and the card said, uh, yes – it's a picture of a baby in a manger, but it says Happy Hanukkah on it. This is a different baby, different manger. We've talked about how I give greeting cards, right? No, I don't think we have. I, this is something I picked up from my mother that she started doing, which is she would get the wrong card for mm-hmm. the occasion and then cross it out. So we would do cross out cards. That's really funny. And so, like, I think for my father's birthday this year, the card was, I think it was for a woman who was about to give birth or a woman who was pregnant. Like, First communion, anything like that is good. Amazing. And then I'll just cross out first communion and write birthday under it. Perfect. Sometimes, sometimes I will just, I will not cross, like the ultimate, the real baller move is to not cross anything out and just have a first communion card and then write inside it. Happy birthday, dad. So good. I love that. I love the whole concept of cross out cards. I'd never heard that before. Oh, it's great. It's, I like a cross out card. I don't know that it's widespread, but it definitely, that is how I like to give cards. I have to know that the person's going to be into it. I wouldn't do it for someone I barely know. I'll get right. If it's somebody you barely know, they would assume that you were just grabbing from your bin of random cards that you have. Correct. I still have a card that I haven't used yet, but I got it because it could easily be the next one that I used and I still haven't used it. It says, uh, happy birthday family member. And I have yet to use it yet just because I'm like, I'm waiting for the right occasion to use this card, which defeats the entire purpose of this card. It's just like, whoever is next. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. I, I would say it's it. Look, if you're giving it to someone for Christmas, a menorah, you can get anybody any gift you want. We're yeah. talking about giving it to someone who celebrates Hanukkah at a time when they overlap and you're getting together. Which that's is a Hanukkah really, gift. That is a Hanukkah gift. Yeah. Asked and answered. All right. All right, Owen Proctor Jackson asks, oh, oh, wow, this is a big one. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or Boxing Day? That's the entire question. I feel like uh, it's Christmas Eve. It's not Boxing Day. No, that's like uh, Canada and the UK. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. I think it's Christmas Eve because Christmas Eve is peak anticipation. Mm -hmm. It is peak holiday fervor. Christmas Day... You know, early afternoon, it, Christmas Day is only like half a day long. Yeah. You know? It's when Santa shows up. It's the up. morning. Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas. Santa shows up between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah. Christmas Day, you have a morning. It's very fun and enjoyable. And you may have a meal in the afternoon that's great. And a bit like, a bit, it becomes a little like Thanksgiving sometimes in the afternoon. 
But yeah, like Christmas Eve doesn't need movies to open on Christmas Eve. That's right. Christmas Day needs movies to open on Christmas Day so that people have something to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I think of Christmas, I think of like the evening. I think of like looking at a house from the outside, like in the suburbs or mm-hmm. rural setting or even the city and the snow is falling. Maybe there's like a shaft of light yeah. from either the moon or a street lamp. And then in the window, you see the fireplace going and the tree lit up. And yeah. that's Christmas Eve. And in front of the moon, you see the silhouette of Santa Claus like E.T. on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, there's a lot of traffic first. First, the bat wing flies up in front of it to make the bat symbol. That goes away. Then in comes E.T. with all the kids. Oh. Then, then all the kids. Santa. Hold on a second. Is uh, is E.T. now on, in the basket on the front of the Dapper Dan's four-seater bike? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, it's not just Elliot. It's all the kids. No. There's oh, that's kids right. That they all fly at the end. Yeah, I'm thinking they're of. All, they're all running. from the. I guess I'm thinking the of government. the Amblin. Yeah. The Amblin logo. Yeah. Bunch of kids running from the government with an alien. My name is Paul, and this is between y'all. Come on, Elliot, and then leave them all. (laughs) You know what E.T. also didn't do? At Mm. the beginning of the movie, he didn't use that flight power to get back up onto the ship. Instead, he just stood there jumping up and down. (laughs) Come on, E.T., you could fly. The ship was 10 feet above you. Uh. Just fly up, knock on the windshield, and be like, in. And then they open the door. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have met Elliot and had a delightful time and know what Reese's Pieces are, which are apparently yeah. made by Hershey's. Correct. Now. All right. Yeah. Christmas Eve asked <laughs> and answered. All right. What's next? Oh, you know, the last thing that happens to the moon is a rocket flies right into its eye. <laughs> goes, oh, 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 a rocket's yeah. falling to my eye. We, you thought we were going to forget about you, Georges Melier. Guess Never. wrong. It's Christmas, your holiday. That's right. Is that <laughs> everybody thinks? Well, you know who loves that Christmas, George Melier. That's right, hundred percent. Trent Ashcraft. <laughs> Trent Ashcraft asks: Better last-minute gift, assorted meat and cheese box set, assorted meat and cheese box set, or giant popcorn tin? Popcorn huh. tin lasts forever. You eat that when it's stale. You'll keep that for a real long time, and everybody can enjoy it. I eat everything when it's stale. We determined this on a recent yeah, yeah, episode. yeah. You're, you're not the. Uh, it's it just withers away in your possession. Yeah, I think a meat and cheese board is like, all right, here's something we have to eat right now, as opposed to look, well, no, that's not true. No, because look at. I'm not thinking like a charcuterie board. I'm thinking like a Pepperidge Farm board. Yeah. Which all yeah. of those are, you don't have to refrigerate. They're all non-perishable summer sausages, et cetera. And like the smoked yeah. cheese, they're all wrapped. It's, I think a, that Pepperidge Farm board is significantly more expensive than a popcorn tin. Also, you have the popcorn, you have the tin when you're done, you can put stuff in it. Yeah, but you have a basket when you're done. I guess that's the thing. Once the perishables are gone, would you rather have a tin or a basket? 10. My mother, Alea Sholem, had a pile of those baskets of stuff. Mm-hmm. We never used them. They just sat there. What were they, what wouldn't were you they rather, for? wouldn't you find more satiety in Pepperidge Farm summer sausage and or smoked what? cheese on a cracker than you would with a couple of popcorn pieces? What is satiety? I don't know. What a word. fullness. Sense of fullness. Oh, like satiated? It's yeah. a, a version of satiated. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for teaching me that word. I got you, boo. No, I want the popcorn. And I like that it's usually a tin with, like, people making snowmen and stuff. So then I can look at Christmas all the time. 
That's fair. I do think the tin is more valuable after the fact than the basket is. And you save a little, you save a little money. It's less expensive. Yeah. You could break it out at the party. Like somebody brings it and go, Oh, well, let me open this up. We'll all have some popcorn rather than like, Oh, let me open this up. You can have this small wheel of cheese and a tiny bratwurst. That's like a dried out bratwurst. Hey, do you want part of this small to medium sized bag of dried apple chips? Listen, I feel like you're now being a little unfair to the Pepperidge Farm basket. There are delightful treats in there. And that summer sausage is good. I'm not going to lie. I have just picked one up and eaten it like a candy bar before. Yeah. Look, I enjoy them just fine. I think I like a popcorn tin better. It it just feels like a – Yeah. The the meat and cheese box feels like a last-minute gift. The giant popcorn set feels like a, oh, we got our annual giant popcorn tin. That's true. I feel like the big popcorn tin with a Christmas image on the tin itself feels somehow more festive. I do love the Pepperidge Farm Board, but the Pepperidge Farm Board could potentially have been bought at the airport. Yep. You know what I mean? It looks like I it mean, came from an airport. Too, if you flew to Chicago. But What's that? That's true. If you're flying into O'Hare, you probably, you could get the popcorn there, but otherwise you're probably ordering it. I had a really good mix that I never thought that I would have before. I had it yesterday because we've talked about Chicago mix, right? The cheddar cheese and the caramel corn. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the buttered popcorn, which is always the bronze medalist in that particular trio. Dump that in the trash. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, a mix I'd never had before. Homemade Mm -hmm. mix was, um, I don't know if it was actually, no, I don't think it was a homemade mix. I think the place actually mixed it this way. Caramel corn and kettle corn together. Interesting. It was really good. So one is like caramel sweet and one is a little sweet. Yeah. And together it was just like, yeah, it just felt like varying degrees of the nutty sweetness. I really liked it. Hmm. But yeah, let's go. uh, I'm cool with with going with the popcorn tin. Cool. Asked and answered. All right. One more? Sure. Anna Brecky asks, white elephant or Yankee swap? What is the difference? I've never heard of a Yankee swap. Different names for the same thing. Great. White elephant then. Yeah, I like white elephant better too. As far as we're just judging the name? Yeah. There's another name for it too. I can't remember what it's called. There are a bunch of different names for it. I don't know why. White elephant are probably the best known. I don't know the etymology of these, but I bet I can find out fast. But Yankee Swap, for me, I don't know why, it seems like a derogatory thing that Southern people call that tradition. Just get them a gift. What are you doing? Some sort of Yankee Swap? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I've got the origin of White Elephant. It apparently, according to Oxford, comes from the story that the kings of Siam gave such animals as a gift to courtiers they disliked in order to ruin the recipient by the great expense incurred in maintaining the animal. Oh, you can't beat that. That's pretty amazing. That's the most delightfully passive-aggressive thing that has now become kind of a beloved Christmas tradition. I love a white elephant. It's great for a small group of friends. It's great for your family. If you have a year where you all don't want to buy gifts like and spend a ton of money, just do a white elephant. Yep. And they are, I don't think they are bad gifts for people you don't like. I think they're fun, good gifts for people you do like. Yeah. Absolutely. White elephant is an amazing, is an amazing etymology. All right. I got one more. All right. And then we I have, have one that more. one final one that we were yeah, going to do. Yeah. So then there's going to be a very quick bonus one that Mark has. But first, let's go to Annie Carrico. Okay. Gingerbread man. Do you bite off the head, arm, or leg first? 
I don't I, like to anthropomorphize the gingerbread man when I'm eating. Has arms him. and legs and a head. I when know. Start, I go with the head first because it's first. big and round. It's like its own cookie to begin. It's like here's a right. small version of the cookie you're about to eat. That's why I start with the feet, work mm-hmm. up, torso, arms. Then I have a second cookie after eating because it's the most uh, exciting part. It's got the most uh, like it's got good stuff on it for the face. I mean, you have the button sometimes. Yeah, but, but I, I like, like having I like having really the well handle. Decorated. I like having the handle of the rest of the cookie to get that big chomp yeah. of the head bite. You know what I mean? Sure. Annie the other day asked me that very question when we were eating gingerbread men. Yeah. I said the head. And she said she saves the head for last. I want him to watch, which I thought was a oh, delightfully th- horrible answer. Even better. Answer. Th- there's no better answer than that. Thank you, Annie. Asked and answered. Head last. Head last. I want him to watch. <laughs> now, Mark, uh, you have one yeah. more, one more little topic. Yes. Let's, uh, very quickly do that and then we'll leave people to their holidays. I will set up why I have one more little topic right now, which is initially we were like, we've done a lot of clean slays. Why don't we do a year in review for 2023 <laughs> clean slay? Yeah. And all of the topics we came up with were not anything that is remotely in the purview of this show as right. far as like a year end thing goes, except for one topic. So we did find in that mix of topics, One topic that seemed right up the alley of this show, and that is, what is the best food trend of 2023? I made a small list of ones that I think are contenders for us that will be fun to talk about. Apologies to the Pizza Hut cheesesteak pizza. I did find out that that was a knockoff of what did you say Papa John's did. I think previously. Papa John's or Domino's. Right. I think Domino's. Might One have of them did it. it. But here are the food trends from 2023 that made the final cut. Vegan chicken, turmeric, tinned fish, and the butterboard. Do you have one or more out of those that jumps out to you? Uh, turmeric is, I think, has been around too long. Yeah, I think turmeric is like 21 or 22, but it didn't peak. I, I think it may have peaked in 23. It doesn't feel like a trend of 23. I thought you were going to say like the people who say, here's what you do. You go to McDonald's, you get like a Dr. Pepper, you get a Coke or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get the ice cream cone and then you put the ice cream cone in the soda and make a float. What? To whom yeah. is that a food trend? Somebody said, here's what you do. And then a bunch of people were like, all right, I'm going to try it. And they go, oh, this is actually really good. Was that somebody a sixth grader? No, you would think. Wow. All right, we'll put that on the list. (laughs) In terms of food trends, I would Mm -hmm. say that the rise, this is not a food in and of itself. Turmeric, Mm -hmm. I have an interesting story about. Number one, I think it is nasty. One time. It's real good for you. For Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And that, the way she likes her oatmeal is you make the oatmeal and then you put cinnamon on it. And our cinnamon and turmeric were next to each other in identical tins of the freezer. And I did Gross. that look. And I like the amount of turmeric. And I told Jennifer, I was like, she was like, why is this yellow? I was like, I put turmeric in there instead of cinnamon. And you know what she did? What? She ate it anyway. How was it? Said it was good. Did you guys say your spices were in the freezer? Some of them. Not all of them. Why are your spices in the freezer? It's not like that's not the point of this. It's the point that I want to know, though. Why are your spices in the freezer? I don't know, Mark. I didn't. It's why not? Well, because they go in the cabinet hot is the answer. Now, you put them in the freezer or did Jennifer put them in the freezer? No, no, I did not. 
hold on. Neither you nor Jennifer put, no, is this elves I said, again? I did not. Yes. It was, it was elves. Elves put your spices in the freezer. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, some a... of them make shoes. Some of them make presents and gifts. Some of them <laughs> bake cookies and some of them take my spices and put them in the freezer. Can you believe? Was there just no cabinet room? And she was like, this has a Martin, door on it. I'm and not addressing this. There. I have no more, I have no more information for you than what I've already told you. I have nothing. The freezer. Now listen. Is it a southern thing that I just was never privy to? Here's what I think the food mm-hmm. trend is. You're not going to answer this, are you? I'm not going to answer this. I have no more answers for you. I told okay. you. Okay. I think it's the rise of the online food reviewer. And I'll give you some examples. What? One of them is Chef Reactions. Mm-hmm. He had his rise in 2023. The professional chef who dunks on everybody else that makes recipes, mm-hmm. but also praises people who make stuff well. And you might learn about new foods that way. The other is I feel like 2020 and 2021 was the rise of the like TikTok chef where chefs mm-hmm. and bakers were showing you how to make things because they were at home and like, I'm just going to, they sort of built these huge followings on that. I think mm-hmm. now we're at the world of people tasting things and trying right. things. And one of them, the newest is Luke Foods. Do you follow Luke Foods on TikTok? Don't follow Luke Foods. Luke Foods is a guy in Kentucky who sounds like Brian Baumgartner's character from The Office, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, he's extremely earnest. He doesn't curse. He just goes, oh my goodness. And he, <laughs> Does he just like I, everything? Well, no, not everything. But he okay. tries Indian food for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, his world is changing. Oh my goodness the garlic naan it's so good and we got we got the chicken tikka masala you know we had to try it let's get it and that's what he says before he eats everything now let's get it he's in new york city right now so he's trying we had to try like whatever the big pizza place is there like Vito. like i can't remember the name of it Mm -hmm. it's one of the places where there's like a line out the door sure lombardi's or one of those oh my goodness oh it's so good look at the look at the crisp on the bottom Oh All right. Well, goodness, I will, so I will good. go watch Luke Foods, but I'm looking for a food trend, like an actual food trend. That's not, I mean, that is, yeah, that's a TikTok trend. Mm. I would argue I've just recently, I think butterboards are stupid. Yeah. That's just a, that's way too much butter. I don't know what that is. It's a, imagine a charcuterie board with just different herbed butters on them for dunking Pass. bread in. Yeah. Tinned fish I have recently gotten into and thoroughly enjoy Super because pass. like, Okay. It stinks. It doesn't stink. You're eating the wrong tinned fish, my friend. I don't eat fish at all. Well, that's true. You don't, you don't eat uh, a lot of things. My wife eats tuna. Yeah. Oh, I'm not talking about like canned tuna. This is cat food. Oh my God. You are 11. Vegan chicken. I love. I will frequently get a vegan chicken sandwich over a regular chicken sandwich just because if it's, I feel like if something is processed that much, like a chicken nugget might as well be vegan. You know what I mean? It's made out mm-hmm. of pink foam anyway. What about you don't want to do potato milk? <laughs> no, potato milk is what? I barely do oat milk. I mean, plant-based meat in general, which is also something that is like trended even though it mm-hmm. already has existed for a long time. I can get behind that. I'm on record in multiple places saying that the impossible sliders that White mm-hmm. Castle makes are better than their regular sliders. Yeah, I would I would not argue that. I think so that I, I would go with plant-based yeah. meat. I think processed fake beef is better than or frequently better than processed real beef. I think yeah. processed vegan chicken mm-hmm. is frequently as good as a 
pressed patty of something. Not like I'm not talking like a big chicken breast sandwich, but like yeah. a processed patty. It might as well be vegan. You're doing a little bit for the environment by doing that. It is a well-meaning food trend. Definitely well me- more well-meaning than a butterboard is. Yeah, I think it's got to be vegan chicken. There you go. As our final food trend uh, of the year. So that cleans. Have we finally cleaned the sleigh? Cleaned. It's cleaned. Cleaned. We got this sleigh cleaned, y'all. Yeah, that's right. So, wow. What a year, my friend. Truly. A happy new year to everybody. Happy holidays. Whatever you are celebrating, may it bring joy to you and the people that are special to you. And allow me just to say these topics are closed. But there are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us via email at wegotthispodcast@gmail.com, at or you can join our Facebook group where we got the majority of these topics. That's facebook.com slash group slash wegotthispodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who you can support and give the gift of your patronage at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for once again helping us do our chores and clean the sleigh and forgiving Hal and I. Not that we don't have a reason to sit and goof around and BS with each other all the time, but boy, do you give us a delightful reason to do that. So to you, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin, and don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.